2: another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's A to Z of the human body. We are on the letter A and today's uh, episode is on airflow. Interesting term. Mm. Usually we talk about terms that are biologically specific, only used in the context of biology or medicine. But today airflow, I mean, this is something that is just a normal term used colloquially. Uh, We talk about airflow, about, you know, there's not enough airflow in this room, open the window, open the door, whatever it may be. So airflow, we probably just think about as how much air is coming in or out of a room or a space, which is pretty similar to the definition of airflow biologically or medically, which is in the medical context, the movement of air into and out of the lungs during the process of breathing, so that's airflow. Sorry, now breathe. That's, Okay. No, I was just going to say, that sounds very similar to another, the definition of another term. What do you think that that term is? Uh, when we talk about the respiratory system. Ventilation. ventilation. Yeah. Ex- external
0: ventilation. Well, that's, well, there's only one type of ventilation. Or you could say internal, which is cellular respiration. Respiration. Yeah.
2: We're talking ventilation. Oh, ventilation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's only one type yes, you're of ventilation. Right. Yes. So, but it does sound... Uh, nearly identical to the airflow definition, right? So the airflow definition, the movement of air into and out of the lungs during the breathing process, people could say, well, that's ventilation. Well, ventilation is that but a little bit more. So ventilation refers to the overall process of breathing. So, yes, the movement of air into and out of the lungs, but also the distribution of that air within the lungs Mm -hmm. to optimise gas exchange. Okay. And that's the important part on the end. That sounds different. That's how it's different is because ventilation has to specifically do with adequate gas exchange. It's not the process of gas exchange because that's what you were referring to. That's external respiration. Respiration is the movement of gases across a membrane. But ventilation is airflow plus that available air in certain spaces that can participate in gas exchange. And that's important because in a clinical setting, when we talk about airflow we can measure airflow through certain tests. And these tests include um, tests that a pulmonary uh, or like a, a respiratory scientist or a pulmonologist, pulmonologist would perform, like what were you saying? Oh, pulmonary see. function test, right, yeah, PFT. Yeah. So this or is,
0: spirometry or something.
2: That's right, spirometry tests. So this assesses airflow by measuring inhalation and exhalation. And so if when you do this... So let's just say we had a spirometry test in front of us. I would put my mouth on the mouthpiece. I would take in probably the biggest, deepest breath I possibly could. And then I would forcefully exhale all of that air as much as I possibly could, as fast and as hard as I possibly can. And what the spirometry...
0: So you're basically demonstrating your active ability to move air in and out of your lungs. Exactly right. In time, so it's forced.
2: Yes. So it will measure my forced vital capacity. So basically the forced amount of air that can fully be held in my lungs and the forced expiratory volume, which is the amount of air I can forcefully exhale and specifically looking at the forced expiratory volume in the first second. So basically of all the air that I breathed in and of all the air that I can breathe out in total, how much of that air can I breathe out in the first second? And you can take that, those two values. So the amount of air I, I can breathe out in the first second and divide it over the amount of air that I breathe out in total and that will give me a percentage. And mm-hmm. if that percentage is greater than 80%, then it's what we recognize as normal yep. airways or normal ventilation, right? Or normal airflow. If it's below that 80%, it gives me an indication that there's some sort of obstruction, and could be an indication of a obstructive pulmonary disease. Mm. Now, there's a couple of uh, terms or disorders that sit under what we call chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, also known as COPD. Three main ones. Do you know what those three are? Well, emphysema, and
0: chronic bronchitis would definitely be two of them. Yeah. Sometimes they may put asthma, chronic asthma,
2: in there. That's right. Yes. I guess so
0: you could also say cystic fibrosis. You could.
2: Yes, so generally anything that would obstruct the airways and this could be due to uh, an anatomical obstruction, so it could be mucus like in chronic bronchitis uh, or in cystic fibrosis Uh, or it could be uh, a physiological obstruction like in asthma where the airways narrow Um, or it could be in emphysema which is both where you've got a narrowing of the airways, a blocking of the airways and also a destruction of the alveoli itself and the elastic tissue Mm. that allows for those airways to open up, but also stay patent and open when they, well, basically snap back, right? And so airflow is something that we can measure through spirometry tests that give us an indication as to whether somebody may have normal uh, airways or whether they might have an obstruction in those airways. Hold
1: up.
2: It could also indicate what's called a restrictive respiratory disease. So this is when there's a restriction in the airway. So if you think about the lungs and you think about all the different parts of the uh, respiratory tract that allow for our lungs to expand and come back together, anything that alters the expansion of the lungs could be recognised as a restrictive disorder. So it restricts expansion. And so that means anything that can affect the elastic tissue and create uh, what seems to be uh, like scar tissue, mm. right? And so the scar tissue is going to stop the... It's going to restrict the lungs' abilities to work as, a, as airways, right? And so this can be other disorders like... Um, Silicosis. The silicosis. Um, so, any, usually the
0: occupational pulmonary diseases. That's right. Fit into this category, yeah.
2: Yes, that's right. So, the take home point I'm trying to make here with air flow.
0: But you'd say with the restrictives, which are a bit different to the obstructives, mm-hmm. is it's less about the flow of air, it's more about how much you can actually fill your lungs with
2: exactly right exactly right and so the air flow is more so associated with the obstructive disorders because it's about air getting into and out of the lungs however in saying that if you have a restrictive disorder your total lung capacity so the amount of air that your lungs could fully hold is going to be significantly reduced now your ability to inhale and exhale Probably go unimpeded when it comes to the tubes or the pipes, so you know the trachea, the bronchi, the bronchioles, and so forth. But the final endpoint, the lung tissue itself, its ability to hold will be reduced. Yeah, and so that's why when you do these spirometry tests, it can tell you the difference or give you an indication as to whether somebody may have an obstructive or a restrictive. Disorder, Mm -hmm. and that's all I've got for
0: airflow. Matthew, just one final question to you. So, when you have airflow, which is kind of just the movement in now the lungs, but unlike when you spoke about ventilation, which is more indicative of getting the air to down to the alveoli level for gas exchange. Yeah, would that the big difference be here? Your own your lungs' intrinsic ability to ensure that ventilation is meeting its perfusion, whereas airflow itself wouldn't really have that ability.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, so airflow can give you an indication as to how good the ventilation may be, but it doesn't determine that. So, for example, airflow has to do with a multitude of factors. So it could be environmental factors. So it could be how clean the air is, the pressure of the air, the quality of the air, right, Um, and how much available air. There is. Um, But the ventilation itself has to do with most specifically, not just the air in and out, but how much available gas is present at the site of exchange. So then you could have
0: arguably good airflow, but then you could have some problems down at the gas exchange membrane. Yes. And therefore the ventilation isn't being optimal.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why when we talk about... Uh, gas exchange. We talk about the ventilation-perfusion coupling, or the ratio between ventilation and perfu. So ventilation, like we've stated before, air coming into and out of the lungs, but also the amount of air that's available to participate in gas exchange, and perfusion, which is the amount of blood going past the alveoli that can also participate in gas exchange. And so that's what really matters ultimately, because if the ventilation is good, it's an indication that the airflow is good, but if airflow is good, it doesn't necessarily indicate that ventilation is good. Yeah, okay. Right? Does yeah. that make sense? It does. Yeah. So that's that's why we often tend to talk about ventilation clinically as opposed to airflow. But we can talk about airflow generally when we talk about the health of individuals, particularly within a community or within a hospital setting or whatever, because you need proper ventilation systems, right? So HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, um, HEPA filters, HEPA filters things like that, uh, room pressurisation, some room need to be pressurised, air quality monitoring, infection control measures, right? COVID-19 we thought was predominantly airborne, demonstrates that it can be if it's in water particulates, but not necessarily. So all those things are associated with airflow and not just ventilation. Yeah, okay. And that is airflow. Hold
1: up.